0: This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is Anna Polanski. Anna is a designer, a strategist, and co-founder of a new fundraising initiative called Ask Chefs Anything. What started as an effort to raise money for immigrant workers in New York is now going national. I've been watching and donating, and I think Anna's execution is both instructive and brilliant. Her strategy for this and for the future of restaurants and storytelling is an important perspective to hear. Well, we're back tomorrow with an all new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Anna. Anna, hello. Hi. You are doing amazing things. Ask Chefs Anything is an initiative that is raising a ton of money for immigrant workers who are not able to collect benefits from the government. So they are collecting money from what you're raising. You have done New York so far. You raised $30,000. Um, you're on to Los Angeles and then Philadelphia. Where did the idea come from?
1: So the idea actually didn't come from me. Uh, I want to give credit to Gaylene Queen, who's um, my partner on this initiative. And Gaylene is um, from Colombia. She started the Bogota Food and Wine Festival. She's also a consultant for lots of restaurants and food brands in New York. Um, And one of her former clients was Chef Warehouse, which is a big um, restaurant food distributor. So she had that relationship and she knew that If we were able to raise money somehow, we could really double or triple that amount um, in food, working with these guys. Um, So she had set that up. She had identified the first community center we worked with in New York, the Mercy Community Center. Um, And then she thought, you know, how can we unite chefs around this without asking them anything too complicated? Because right now everyone's so tapped out. Um, and that's when she reached out to me. And obviously, I thought the idea was absolutely brilliant. Um, she had a couple of chefs on board at that point, Eric Repert, Jeremiah Stone, um, Ignacio Matos were some of the first. And then from then on, I jumped in and really helped adding to the lineup and also adding the branding component and all the, the strategy. Um, and, you know, I think, I mean, we thought that was a good idea. We hoped that was a good idea, but we weren't sure that chefs would be receptive to it. And it was really positive. There really was this snowball effect. So quickly we onboarded over 30 chefs in New York. Um, and you know, the Instagram sort of blew up and and it just um, it just made everyone feel really good about the whole operation and, and we raised a lot of money. Um and I think early on I had spoken to you, Howie. I wanted to see if we could get, you know, contacts for press around that. And I think you're the one who told me, well, you know, if it ever became more national, just let me know. It'll be probably easier. Um, And basically two hours after I talked to you, we decided to go national. So you're also responsible for this. Literally just reached out to friends in LA who could help us coordinate. Um, We had a few people who had friends in Philly. So that's how it all started. And and now we're um, expanding to a total of 10 cities probably with a lot of local project managers who've reached out to replicate it.
0: That's incredible. I'm happy to have played a, a small role with, with a big suggestion. That's great. Tell me about who you've chosen to support with the money and, and why it's important to you guys to support um, immigrant workers and undocumented laborers.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think there are different reasons and I, and I think Aileen would um, have the same answer because we're both uh, foreigners. You know, first of all, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm a privileged immigrant, obviously, but I am from a family of Jews who have been immigrants for, for centuries, so it is a topic we've always spoken about and be sensitive to in my family. Um, I also obviously work in the food industry, so there's galen, so we're very aware of how instrumental immigrant workers are for our industry. Um, and I think it's obvious to people like us or you, right? I mean, they farm our food, they cook, they clean, they build the restaurants. they're literally everywhere. Um, But I think it's not so obvious to a lot of people outside of the food industry. So with this campaign, we wanted to not only support this community, but also raise awareness around that topic. Um, And, you know, finally, I'm just a very rational person. I love to find solutions to problems and cross out uh, tasks on the to-do list. And so when I see such a dysfunction, seeing that this key community is not getting any support from the government or anyone, it just felt obvious that we had to help.
0: It's interesting. I mean, it's true. I have been aware of the immigrant workforce and the undocumented workforce in restaurants for for years. But there's something about this moment. And I think it is that lack of funding that makes it seem all the more urgent. Um, But I don't I don't know what I was doing about it before. And I'm, I'm kind of like angry at myself for not figuring it out sooner, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast religiously and I, you know, I love to hear, um, for instance, Andrew Zimmern talk about that or or even Nicole from the social gastronomy movement. I think that's the silver lining of COVID right now. It's just a bit of a reset and we have to not take anything for granted. And, And what's been happening to those people the past few years being so dehumanizing and Totally abandoned really, but on the other end, now being asked to be essential workers, it's just such an irony. And I think it's important to take notes and really again raise awareness around that.
0: It's incredible. And I really appreciate, you know, the videos that you've been making you know especially the one that really laid out all the things people do you know you you don't think about who built the restaurant when when you're in there I mean interestingly enough like the restaurant designer gets a lot of the credit and you've been in that role I mean you've designed these restaurants there's been tons of stories about your your aesthetic and stuff like that but you know you you come in and, and you make it pretty and these other people have broken their backs right
1: Totally. And I mean, it's funny you say that. I would add that as a reason for why I've been trying to help actively during this crisis. I think I've always felt a bit like an imposter in that sense. I mean, I'm very proud of my work and we will probably touch on this. I strongly believe in design and making things pretty to raise awareness. But I also know that at the end of the day, I'm not the one um, breaking my back um, and being in the kitchen. So I, I think about that constantly. And I think it's really important to give back and talk about these people
0: let's talk about making it pretty now actually i think one of the reasons your campaign's been so effective and you have been able to raise so much money and you'll continue to is because your strategy has been really spot on i think it's tapped into what people like to look at how they like to see things how do you make a a convincing social action campaign in a way that's aesthetically appealing too?
1: right i mean you know for me it's been a really good case study for this and it's it's really what i'm trying to achieve with this new consultancy Polanski and friends that i started a year ago now Um, it's really to show what you said that at the end of the day form and function really matter and you can't have a strong message and a strong impact if you don't make it legible to people and often the real activists are on the ground too busy to think about branding and social media and marketing or they think it doesn't matter, you know, it's just not in their culture. And then it's really my uh, my life mission recently to show that it supports each other, and it's really important. Um, so, you know, I have an incredible team of people working with me but on this campaign. We've had Margaret and Claire work on this. The video you mentioned is from a good friend, Robert Bradhurst, who's a great director, um, really putting those talents together and asking ourselves with Gaylene and the team, you know, what are the messages we're trying to convince? It's about immigrants so we need strong facts so that's how we came up with the idea of the quotes uh, post on instagram Um, you know we have um really scary stats um about uh, what this community is going through but also we wanted to make it cheerful and engaging and not so dramatic that people felt paralyzed you know because it is a a tragedy what's happening right now so um graphically speaking we decided to make it really pop um, and also we mix the dramatic stats with fun chef's photos and, you know, catchy content. Um,
0: what other sorts of politics do you want to pursue in, in this work? What's what's sort of the long-term plan for your consultancy?
1: Well, I'm really interested in any sort of mission-driven um, initiative in the food space, which is another word I hate. It's a bit of a buzzword, mission-driven. But it's been a good criteria for me so far because at the end of the day it's not so many people who care about more than just having a cool restaurant these days. I mean, you have a lot, but you also have a lot who don't. Um, and so the common point between all my clients right now, are they all have a bigger purpose, whether it's just about sustainability or diversity or education, feminism, wellness, there's always something that really motivates them. Um, and that's really what I'm interested about um, one of the projects we we briefly talked about was this documentary I've been working on that's um, it's about food in the Middle East and how everyone's at war in this region, even though if you start going back into history, it's really new that there are different nations in different countries and they used to be one empire and one empire before that. So there are many more similarities culturally and food wise than divisions. Um, that nationalism has been created. Um, that topic is called gastrodiplomacy. Um, and it's a word that I feel like I can extend to all my projects, really. And, and that's what I want to focus on. It, it's how do you use food, gastronomy to unite people? You know, it's really a sort idea of diplomacy through food. Um, so, you know, I'm not really trying to specialize in one fight or, or one issue. I just try to use my skills um, to help other people do that.
0: It does does seem to me that we are about to enter an era perhaps of more restaurants who do have a mission and they're going to be on a mission to survive, first of all. But I think part of that survival is going to be appealing to people by supporting a cause or perpetuating, um, you know, some ideals in a very public way.
1: I agree. I think another silver lining of what's happening right now, I think, is it's going to eliminate a lot of noise Um, that's been going on in our industry for a long time. You know, I've been working in this industry for 15 years, so it's not so long, but it's long enough to have seen the evolution. You know, it's like more and more exposure and foodies and idolization of chefs. And it's very positive on many levels, but it's also, I think, sometimes made us forget. The original um, purpose of food, which is to give love or gather with someone you like or seek positivity, so um, I do feel like you that after this tragedy that 's happening right now, people will more than ever um, need to go back to that um, and, and will want to support people who want to give them love and, and who are trying to make a positive impact and you know the good news is that it 's it's true as well of big brands and businesses so That's really where I see my agency's role is to also give a voice to those independent people who might not typically have access to media or to an audience or to money. Um, And with the right branding and the right communication, make sure they get the support that they need to make an impact.
0: It makes such a big difference. Just having a logo that really pops and speaks to people is, is you know, the difference between really existing, I think, and, and not in a lot of cases. It, it's the, the sort of um, division between being invisible and being visible.
1: Totally. A logo and, you know, it it always goes back to the storytelling before you even do a logo, you know, for whatever we do with my team, whether it's interior design or graphic design or, or strategy, we always start with storytelling. It's like a really short text saying, who are you? What are your values? What are your missions? Um, even if I'm not hired to do that, I do that because I think that's really what ensures the the concept will be strong and understood by people. And, and that's how your staff is going to know how to talk about the place. And that's how your PR agency will know how to talk about you. Um, and that's also how you'll decide what to put on your menu and what events to do. So I just think it all starts at the seed and... Historically, the the food industry has been much more of a reactive industry, more than anticipating. And and I think it's important to sometimes just wait a minute before you start and and think about who you are and what your story is.
0: Yeah, I mean, so much of the feedback I I get from these conversations is that people, you know, were so hot and fast to get into their business and to meet the demands of their investors and their landlords and... um, you know all the money people that they didn't really necessarily have a chance to line up their values and now they're using this time to establish or reestablish what they actually are so i do think everybody's going through a values exercise in a new way right now i am
1: i agree that's that's a beautiful thing
0: do you have a que- do you have a values questionnaire i mean is there like a set of questions you you ask people what are some of them like how do you help people define these things
1: I do. I mean, the, the Q&A I send um, is pretty basic, honestly. I mean, it's anywhere from what are your values to what would you like a famous publication to say about you to are there brands that res- resonate with? doesn't have to be food brand. Is there any music or movie that inspires you? It's really basic, uh, but it's a little bit like therapy. And I've noticed that. as you were saying, often clients never took the time to do that. And and it forces them to, to answer simple questions, which is the hardest thing.
0: Tell me more about gastro diplomacy. Where are you in the process of making this film?
1: It's very slow process. (laughs) I've been working on this with Kimi Zuki, who's um, a Lebanese friend of mine. And um, I met him because he was working with Ilili, uh, the Lebanese restaurant, for a while. And I worked on a graphics project for them. We became friends. Um, And I went to Israel at that point and came back and told him, I just cannot believe how similar the food is between what I'm eating at Ilili and Israel. But yet we had talked about activation in the past and talked about maybe doing some ban Middle Eastern events, and there was no way, you know, a Lebanese chef is not allowed to cook with an Israeli chef publicly, or they might be banned from going back to their country. So it's quite intense. And we thought, you know, it would be fun to do an event, and, and we ended up thinking, well, an event is a great one shot to touch, you know, 100 people, but if we made it a documentary, that could have much more impact. And I think it really can have an impact to sort of remind people about their common history and, and their common culture. Um, and you might not be able to stop wars, but you could start, you know, grants for collaboration. You could you could have chefs going and cooking in different countries. You know, if you're in America or France, you're probably going to go stage in Copenhagen or London. That doesn't happen in the Middle East. There's no dialogue right now. Um, so I think we can achieve a lot. So it's been a year that it's in um, in we're writing the concept we're now in a good place we're going to work with anissa helu um who's really an authority in terms of um, food in the middle east she's an incredible author Um, and anissa will be our host for the docuseries we're working on so that's really exciting Um, and we're now uh, working on the production raising the money and you know writing all the episodes
0: I just, I just lit up at the idea of, of Anisa being the host of, of this series. I, I'm just so excited for people to be able to see her in, in that capacity. I mean, you and I both know what it's like to sit and, and talk to her, and it's um, the conversation travels to such fantastic places she really knows things in a singular way about a region that most people have have not studied the way she has so that's going to be really cool to see i want to give you money i want to give everybody money i'm, I'm like <laughs> you know every, every day is giving tuesday and I know, I'm, 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 I'm not a rich man so it's going to be like a dollar here a dollar here but you know we'll we'll all build our things based on those on on those dollars i'm sure Um, So you're putting together. um, Well, LA is happening right now. But by the time this airs, LA will be closed out and you'll have already raised another $30,000 or more. Um, I see you're, you're, you know, you're well on your way. It started yesterday, LA and you're at eight, eight K already. So Philadelphia will be underway by by next week. And so let's let's target that. Who are you working with in Philadelphia? Who's on board?
1: In terms of chefs, mm. we have a really nice mix. I mean, Joe Bidia was one of the first to join in. Mark Vetri is part of it. Um, we have also food-loving artists like Eric Warham who are participating. He's from there. Um, and, yeah, it's a long list. I mean, I think we're close to 40 as well in Philly, which is a surprise. I thought, you know, it's a smaller market, but people are excited. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if we'll raise $30,000 in every city, but it anything helps i think and also at this point we've been contacted by a few brands um, who want to sponsor the initiative um, so if we can secure any sponsorship all of that will go to the fund as well and hopefully yeah help us raise more in every city and we're talking to people in miami quite seriously dallas chicago san francisco st louis um so we'll see how it goes but it's been a great adventure and uh, it's really a team effort i mean i just want to underscore how many volunteers have been helping um what about what
0: about detroit can we get you into detroit
1: that'd be great can you do 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 detroit
0: detroit just for me please
1: Let's do it. All okay, we great. need is an organized person on site because we can do everything ourselves. We, we now I think it's a bit like a TEDx. We're not at a point where we've created tools and a platform. We have templates for emails and, and graphics and everything. We just need a local person to really follow up, reach out to the chefs and making sure everything happens.
0: I have, I have, I have choices of people literally on the ground there who would, who would be thrilled to help you. So I'm, I'm glad we continue to grow your, your operation. Um you are, are married to a, a restaurant operator. I am. <laughs> what what's what's the conversation like surrounding the future of that? Not your marriage, but the restaurants.
1: <laughs> Thankfully for now the marriage has survived the, the quarantine. That's that's good. Um in terms of restaurants, I mean it's you know, we were We were just talking about this, and I think everyone's been saying the same, there's just no roadmap, as Tom Colicchio keeps saying, it's just, uh, it's really day-to-day, and, and, you know, what is, it's really, yeah, I'm trying to think what is the government doing, are we going to get a rent break, because that's a killer, are we going to get the loans, He, he just had the loan, so that's great, but now it's like, how do you use those loans, there's no more volume, no more traffic, how can you rehire everyone? Um, So I think him, like everyone else, is just trying to assess, you know, how much does he want to reinvent his business um, and is it worth it? Uh, But on the other end, how much do you want to give back to your community who's been supporting you? Yeah, it's a real roller coaster.
0: And what about your business have you seen you know the kinds of people who approach you for you know design consultancy drop off or, or change is there a different kind of group approaching you now or things um, I mean you know for, for me um, you know this podcast kind of popped out out of out of necessity you know I just I just wanted to do something so uh, is the is the is the urge to do something good kind of overtaking the business needs right now?
1: Look, I've been quite fortunate. I haven't lost a lot of clients. I think in my business, you know, I had a few clients who were bad to open, so that's been hard for them. But they immediately switched gears and are doing delivery. And somehow, it's almost like a, a soft launch for them. Um, I'm thinking, for instance, about Sofia's um, Adam Leontis' new restaurant in Nolita, in um, who I feel like is building a reputation right now for making some of the best bread once again in New York City. So, you know, they've been really smart at at using the moment while also feeding um, medical workers. Um, And then I have clients who are going to open in May or June. So those guys are hoping for the best and delaying by three months, you know, hoping that in September or October, things will sort of get back to normal somehow. Um, and then I also have bigger clients like hotel groups, restaurant groups who are planning things for in a year from now. So that, that's still moving forward. But I think that came and also I had done something else before I shipped anything. I had created a, an apron with the um, regard the uniform company, and all the proceeds are benefiting them restaurant employee really fun um that's also that got a little bit of buzz we're we're about thirty thousand dollar raised with that operation so i think through those campaigns i am starting to get more calls from people who really care about the mission driven aspect of my work and and i am hoping that a lot i'm going to get more of these calls and um, you know, I hope I can work more holistically, like I've proven with my team that we can do on Ask Chefs Anything, not just graphics or not just interiors, but really a full-on strategy.
0: And it's a thing that could live on too. I mean, Ask Chefs, Ask Chefs Anything is something that can transcend this moment and, and mean a lot of things in the future. I mean, once, it, once it's activated and once the, um, the, the base is there, you, you have the option to always return to it or to keep it going.
1: Yeah, totally. And I just really hope it inspires people and, you know, there's something else I've been dying to help with and I cannot get an in is the farmers issues and we're starting to hear more Me about too.
0: it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's really difficult. And I'm not talking about the big industrial farms who've uh, wasted a lot of food, although that's a problem as well. I'm talking about the independent farmers, um, you know, all the farm to table movement that's been built the past 30 years that's literally at stake right now and could disappear for the most part in the next few months if they don't get support. Um, And I've been harassing organizations, I've been desperately trying to reach out to Grow NYC, um, even to Rethink, because they also can have contacts with farms and donations. um, and it's a good example of activists who are so busy on the ground that they just will not return emails, will not return calls. Um, you know, and here am I, and I'm sure it's been the same for you. It was the same for Gayleen, just begging. We're, we we're happy to donate skills. We can create good branding, good strategy. we have network. we can do sponsorship outreach. Um, we just need those people to answer an email and a call. So I, I hope Ash chefs anything will sort of demonstrate that that if you come as a collective and even with skills that you thought you didn't need for your, for your farm or your project, we can really have an impact.
0: How's your family in Paris?
1: They're good. They're pretty good. I mean, it's been more radical in Paris. The quarantine is really intense. They could not go out for weeks. Um, more people that we know have died there. So, you know, it's a bit of an odd situation. But it's also been better in terms of government support for everyone, including my family, but also including restaurants. I mean, it's definitely less dramatic.
0: It's it's a huge difference talking to people operating restaurants in in Europe um, as opposed to in the United States. It's it's shocking and it's just utter, utterly depressing. So
1: yeah, no, it's terrible. I mean, knowing that your staff is supported immediately is just already a huge weight out of your shoulder. And also healthcare, you know, not being terrified to to be sick and go. Take yourself, it's just a huge difference.
0: And our show is called Takeaway Only. What's your big takeaway from having built uh, Ask Chefs Anything and, and working through this moment as as an activist, as a fundraiser and as a designer?
1: I mean, I would say the takeaway is that everyone's useful and I think it's important to not um, underestimate yourself. Um, And, you know, manpower is manpower. I think time is money more than ever. Um, Any effort you can do really helps other people. So just go ahead and and reach out and and ask and and see, because I really think everyone has a skill that can be useful at the moment. So. Don't let everyone tell you it's not the case.
0: I agree. I agree. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for all your amazing fundraising work and all the great ideas you have. I'm excited to see these next uh, seven cities or more roll out. And who knows what else from you?
1: Thank you so much. And yeah, definitely follow um, Ask Chefs Anything. We have that handle on Instagram. There's a .com for the website and we'll keep putting updates on the next cities. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Howie.
0: Thank you. That was Anna Polanski. You can follow her firm on Instagram at Polanski and Friends, and you can learn more about Ask Chefs Anything, including how to bid at Ask Chefs Anything. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Khan, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Khan, for Freetime Media. Our logo is by Reynald Philippe at b Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardou, Raphael Weil, and to the whole team at Welcome. Check out their important community building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back tomorrow. This is Takeaway Only.